good morning. Welcome to Robert Kennedy Baptist Church. This is Dave Lord of Faith. It's good to join and be glad in it. If you're visiting with us this morning, we'd like to say welcome to you. Actually, take the time to send off a visitor card. You'll find the front of you. Please take it off the plate. They come around so we can have a regular new visit. We would greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online today, we also want to say welcome. And we want you to know we are praying for you and asking God to reach out and touch you this morning as well. All right, I do have a few announcements I'd like to share with you. Uh, we have a lot coming up here at Rock Avenue Baptist Church. And so if you will take your bulletin, if you have one, inside you'll find that we have an insert. And that insert is going to tell us a little bit about what's coming up in our youth department. We have coming up a fifth quarter. It's been a long time since we had one of those at Avenue Baptist Church. Fifth quarter coming up September 24th. That's going to be after the Cupsville Bulldogs football game. And incidentally, we're going to win that game. Go like this, right? So we're going to win that game. That's going to be from 9.30 to 11. It's actually homecoming night. And so uh, what you do is get out here after that game. You'll enjoy some movies, some games, some fellowships, and there'll be some snacks here. So come and be a part of that. And, of course, we're accepting donations to help offset that cost. Uh, in the meantime, the youth are also having a pancake breakfast. And I'm going to let uh, Sister Stella E. come on up and share a little bit more about that. So she's going to stay down there. So, 
come and be a part of that as well. Also, to remind you, church, after service today, if you would, stay behind for just a few minutes. Gather with us up here in the front room. Take a group picture for Operation Christmas Child. And I believe we're going to print that, those pictures and put them in the shoeboxes. Is that right, Sister DJ? To send out uh, as we send out our shoeboxes. So uh, be a part of that as well. I do have an interesting thing I want to share with you here. This is... I'm going to leave that part right down there. And I'm going to show you this right here. This is our Operation Christmas Child sign. And let me tell you, uh, this is a neat sign. It's on both sides. And um, you can get one for your yard. You can get one to put here at the church if you go. The cost is $10 for just one side and 15 for two. And you can put it at your house. You can put it at the church. And encourage someone to pack a shoebox. And I know there was some more information that I forgot. Uh, that's right. So, uh, made here in Compass Cove, so support those local businesses, and we're taking those orders up to Wednesday, and you can actually get to the church office for those orders, or you can get with Sister DJ herself, and she'll be able to process those orders as well. So, uh, thank you very much in that, and thank you for sharing that, Sister DJ. Beautiful sign. All right. With that being said, I think that is pretty much all of our announcements. I'm to remind you that our uh, feature items of the month for OCC are school supplies, which is we're still collecting those. I know we had a wonderful uh, OCC craft day yesterday. I was in and out of the church, and it was just a full house back there. I uh, also want to speak on behalf of my family and say thank you for the wonderful love and support you've shown Jordan yesterday. Y'all came out and just overwhelmed us with your love and your prayer. Thank you so much for that. What it meant to me and my family as we support Jordan's decision to go to the United States Marine Corps. So thank you for that. Um, so we're in prayer for that and prayer with you. And once again, thank you for that love and love. All right, I think that is all of our announcements of what has to cost us something. Uh, with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, I have a short video I'd like to share with you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time we can come together in your house and worship. I want to thank you, Lord. This is the day that you have made, and we can rejoice in it and be glad in it. And I pray, Father God, right now, your spirit will reach out and touch each and every one of us that we will worship you in truth. I'm also praying, Father God, that your spirit will have its way in our hearts and our lives. That we will surrender to you. And if there be anyone that needs to come to know you, anyone that needs to part from you through this day, do that today. Lord, we are praying that you favor us and have an encounter with us today. That we would come to know you even closer. We give you the praise, the honor, and glory, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. So please rise and welcome one another.
get back to our seats. We'll continue on with our service. But it does a pastor's heart good to see that smile on your face. God bless you in that. With that being said, I do have a short video I'd like to share with you.
blessed. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Was that? I thought that was a special. Bless us, brother, please. Amazing. Amazing. You know, I think those uh, keys are smoking over there, aren't they? You know, you can see his fingers moving up there, but I get to see his feet down there too going. My goodness, uh, Roberts Avenue is so blessed. Amen. Oh, goodness. Amen. Amen. And we are blessed to have so many wonderful people here at Robertson Avenue, and I've been blessed as your pastor for a year, and let me just tell you right now, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord, amen? <laughs> God is so good. If you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me please to the book of Hebrews? Look at me in chapter 12, and we are not going to stay there, we're going to jump around a little bit, and I want you to be as open to this message as I was writing. I was excited this week, I had revival going on in my as we wrote this sermon, and I'm asking, Father God, to reach out and touch you today. It's my prayer that not only will He touch you, He will convict you. And not only convict you, if you need to get saved, that today would be the day you get saved. It's my prayer that not only would you be coming down the aisle to get saved, but today would be the day that those of us Christians who aren't quite living that Christian life would be the day that we come back and get it right with God. And the title of this morning's message is Seeing, Seeing. There is so much to see nowadays. Amen. You ever just went to Walmart to look around? You will come back in culture shock. Amen. What people will wear out in public? My goodness, my word. So you'd be surprised if you know there's people that go shopping. Don't get mad at me, but when I was growing up, you could not go shopping in your pajamas. I don't know what changed, man, but you know you can do that nowadays. So, my goodness. So, we, you know, we're going to look at seeing today. And I just want to ask you a question. Do you really see this morning? Do you see what's going on? 
so many people ask me all the time, Pastor, are we here today? Let me just give you a resounder that yes, we are in those end times. We are in those end days. If you are not a Christian, and I want to encourage you right now, if you're watching us on live stream, I want to encourage you right now, get right with Jesus, because our time is getting less and less and less. So as we begin our message this morning, we have a picture of a large Yes, we're going to look at seeing things today. We're going to look at some people who got their sight restored. And you know what? I feel like sometimes the church today needs to get its sight restored. We've taken our eyes off of Jesus sometimes, haven't we? There are some churches that have no longer looked at Jesus. In fact, the last couple of people I got to witness to, they want a churchless Christianity. They want a Bibleless Christianity. And they want a Christless Christianity. Now, I'm on any one of those accounts. People say that all the time. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Oh, contraire, mon ami. If you're not a Christian, you will long to be in God's house. You will crave being with God's people. Your right church doesn't save you, but church is a product of being saved. If you truly get Jesus in your heart, then you will want to be here. You want to be around God's people. They say, well, I don't have to have the Bible. Let me tell you what real Christians do. They crave and long for the sincere milk of the Word, don't they? They feel like they're living on a malnutritious diet if they're not feeding on God's Word. And they're wondering what's wrong in their life, in their spiritual life. And the reason why is because you're not feeding on God's Word. You're feeding on what the television gives you. And we've lost sight then of what really matters. And of course, if you're taking your eyes off of Christ, then you are completely astray right now. Look, if you please, in Hebrews chapter 12, let's read our scripture and we'll have a word of prayer. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, two the Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we are asking right now, as we look into your word, that you would open our hearts, Lord Jesus. Open our minds to hear from you, Lord God. Open us up, Father God, to do your will. And I pray if there be anybody that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, and anybody, Father God, that needs to get their heart and their life right with you, that just today be that day. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we begin in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We have the author of the book of Hebrews telling us to lay aside every weight and sin. He had just given us a big of what it's like to live in faith. He had given us a big picture of what it's like to have faith in our lives. In fact, he tells us that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, looks forward to the joy. I don't know about you, but a lot of times we don't think of crucifixion as joyful, do we? But what we need to start understanding is doing the will of God is joyful. The Bible tells us lay aside every weight and sin. And just for a matter of thought, Question: If you were to be in weights and sins, what's holding you back this morning? 
hold on you this morning? What sin has got its hands around you and won't let you go? What's keeping you down like an anchor and it's not letting you come back up? What's causing friction in your relationship with God? And the Bible begins in Hebrews 1 and 2 to tell us, let us, let us lay aside every weight. He begins in our message today, we need to start understanding. We need to lay aside those things. Willfully walk away from them. The Bible says we need to lay aside them and start to run that race with endurance. To run it with endurance. That's without any hindrances. Let me get to our point of our message this morning. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher. That's right. He started our faith. He began it in us. He's the architect of it. He's the designer of it. He's the author of it. Now, I like to think I could write some things, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not near as talented as he is. When he writes something, he means it. When he writes it down there, it's forever. He's the architect and the designer. He's the author of it. In fact, the Bible tells us that it's the Father himself who draws us to Jesus. That's John 6, 44. Read that there on your screen. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day, the Bible says. No one comes to me unless the Father draws him. So in a sense, as we're looking at the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as one, in a sense, we're looking at Jesus draws him. He's the author. He's the one who begins that work in you. And if he's the author, he will be the finisher. Take a quick look at the finisher there. Philippians 1.6 tells us we can be a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. But on to our message, the Bible tells us to look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. That's what we want to do this morning. Look unto Jesus. How did Jesus cause people to sink? We're going to look at three ways this morning that Jesus gave sight to the blind. I love these in fact, I find them so applicable to me. I find them so uh, much uh, something I can relate to that I can't let go of those stories. I can't let them go from my faith. I often go back to when Jesus gave sight back to the blind. See, our world, now I need you to understand something. Our world is not being attracted to the Christ we serve because they are not seeing Him at work in our lives. The world sees us doing some good things for God, and they comment to themselves, saying, well, that's nice, but that's not my thing. The world's passing us by because they don't want to get involved in what they see in our lives. We're not giving them the opportunity to encounter God. They're seeing only us. Let the world watch God at work, and He will attract people to Himself. Let Christ be lifted up, not in word, but in life. Let people see the difference the living Christ makes in a life, a family, a church, and this will affect how the world responds to the gospel. Amen? When the world sees things happening through God's people that cannot be explained except that God himself has done them, the world will be drawn Morning. 
New Testament, there's at least three ways that Jesus gave signs back to the blind. And I like to lump them all into those three. But there's several times that he gives it there. I like to lump them in like this. Faith. Touch. Oh, and then something else. Faith. Touch. And then something else. In fact, I'll first look this morning at Jesus giving sight back to someone who's just on faith. In other words, all Jesus had to do was say, your sight is back to you. He said, your sight has been restored, or your faith has made you whole, or something of that nature. In fact, let's start in Mark 10, 51 and 52. Let's remember Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus. That's what we need to be, and that's what we need to think about right there. Mark 10, 51 and 52, the Bible says, So Jesus answered and said to him, we're actually looking at the story of blind Bartimaeus here. Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, which means my rabbi or my teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus on the road. Our first look this morning at healing is by faith. Now, I'm not starting a healing service, but I know those Baptist people were already sweating out there in the pew saying, Oh my goodness, is Brother Josh starting a faith movement? Well, I just want to look at how Jesus gave sight back to the blind. And I want to see how that applies to us as Christians this morning. Our first look is that healing by faith. See, blind Bartimaeus heard the word of Jesus. He heard the word of God, and he was healed. And you might be sitting there in the pews this morning. You might be sitting there saying, I feel like blind Bartimaeus, Brother Josh. I feel blind. I feel unheard. Have you ever read the story of Bartimaeus before? He is crying out for Jesus. And there's a crowd all around him. And no one can hear him. In fact, the ones that do hear him, turn around and tell that man, be quiet. You might feel that way this morning. You might feel like I'm blind Bartimaeus and everybody is ignoring me because I cannot see. Have you been sitting there through the years saying, no one listens to me, the church doesn't listen to me, my friends don't listen to me, my mom and dad don't listen to me? I feel like blind Bartimaeus. Blind and unheard because you can't see. That's all you want this morning. All you need is a little glimpse of Jesus. And you'll be back on the road that He's given you. Perhaps you've been faithful. Perhaps you're here every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Perhaps you're one of those that is constantly in prayer, constantly in, in the Word of God. But yet, like all of us, sometimes the spiritual mountaintop goes down into a spiritual valley. And you're saying, Lord God, I just want to catch a glimpse of You. Remember now that when Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, he told him, Your faith has made you well. Bartimaeus listened to Jesus before he got to see him. And that's what I want to bring out to you this morning. Now, you might be sitting there in the pew saying, I just want to catch a glimpse of what God's doing. I just want to find out where God's working. I just want to see what God is doing in my country and my world. Today, I want you to know that you've got to be a Bartimaeus and listen to Jesus first. Bartimaeus could not see Jesus until he heard Jesus say, What do I need to do for you? Remember that Jesus told Bartimaeus, His faith made him well. In other words, he had to believe that Jesus was able to give his 
fight back. And you need to believe this morning that Jesus is able to put that joy back in your life, to put that up back into your option, to put that something back into what you're missing. You might be sitting in the pew this morning and say, I need you to be evident in my life. And I want you to know Jesus is speaking to you right now saying, what do you want me to do for you? Remember that Jesus told Bartimaeus, his faith made him well. Bartimaeus listened to Jesus before he got to see him. And it's time for you to listen to what Jesus said. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. His faith healed him, and he had to hear Jesus first. Romans 10, 17 confirms it. Faith comes by hearing. And you know, Bartimaeus this morning, you've been sitting there praying, God, I just want to see you. I'm not living in sin. I'm just feeling a little blind. And God says, I want you to open your eyes. you got to have a little more faith. But that's not the end of our healing of blind people. There's one that Jesus did untouched. That's right. Jesus wants to heal blind people differently. Aren't you so glad, church, that Baptist theology and Baptist doctrine was not built off of how Jesus healed the blind? Could you imagine how that would go? I'm a Word of God Baptist. The other one would be, I'm a Touch of God Baptist. Of course, we know the third one was Jesus spit in the ground and made mud. But I'm a spit and mud Baptist. Could you imagine that? Aren't you glad we don't build Baptist doctrine off of how Jesus healed the blind? Did you know we can look at spiritual life differently? And you might be sitting here in the pew this morning saying, I need I've been wanting him to hear me. And you know what? You don't even know that your real problem is you're blind. You're blind as a bat. You can't see anything in this world because you're caught up in the things of this world. It's time for you to have Jesus open your eyes. How does that happen? By hearing the Word of God. Here's the second one right here. Jesus heals this man by touch. Look at me in Matthew chapter 20, verses 30 through 34. Behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. They cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Verse 32, So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Our second look at healing this morning is by touch. These two gentlemen were healed with a touch from Jesus. Healed with a touch. It may be this morning that you are craving a touch from the Master. Perhaps you are saying to yourself, I went to church this morning and I just want to feel His hand on me. I want Him to just touch me, to just tap me on the shoulder. And you need to feel Him in your life this morning. You don't need a word. You need a touch from Jesus. Have you heard His word this morning? You've heard His word and you know it. But you're craving a touch from the Master's hand. Is that second blind healing you might have said, I've been blind before, and I've heard His Word. Now I'm feeling blind again, and I 
hear His Word. I hear His voice. But I need Him to touch me. Remember that these two gentlemen began to cry out to Jesus, even in a crowd. Are you following me this morning? Are you working with me for a second? In fact, I just want to get your mind in gear for a second. These two gentlemen began to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. They began to cry out when everybody else began to say, be quiet. When the whole world began to say, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. I can't believe you're crying out to God when we've got all these other reasons and cures. You don't need God anymore. You might be sitting there this morning saying, I need God to touch me. But I want to ask you a question. Have you begun to be ashamed of your Christianity? If you want to touch this morning, let me ask you, have you been living your Christianity out in the world? Or does it end on Sunday morning? These guys began to shout. They shouted, Lord, have mercy. They were in public, mind you, and they humbled themselves. They cried out, Son of David. Do you know what that means? Son of David. It's a messianic call. Literally what they're saying is, you are my Lord Jesus. You are my King Jesus. You have the right to command me. You have the right to interfere in my life. No matter what my plans, wishes, desires are, you can intervene, and I'll be happy any time. They're crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. The church needs, now listen to me for a second, the church, and I'm not talking about Robinson Avenue in general, I'm talking about the church worldwide needs a baptism, a public proclamation that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need to start shouting out in a world that has doubts everywhere that Jesus is our King, that Jesus is our Lord, and that He commands us. These two guys needed a touch to get their sight back. Do you need a touch this morning? Let me ask you a question. Are you living your Christianity out in public, or does it disappear when you leave these doors? If you need a touch this morning, then I want to challenge you to start living Christian outside of the church doors. Those guys had to start being public with their faith. You want to know something that's embarrassing to me? All other religions, all other religions, men get involved in public prayer. Men pray out in public. But Christians, we don't do it out in public. Afraid to humble ourselves. These two gentlemen humbled themselves and they got a touch from God. Do you need a touch this morning? Do you want Jesus to touch you? Perhaps it's time we acknowledge in public and in how we live that Jesus is our Lord. Do you remember Thomas? Thomas is one of my favorite guys in the New Testament. Thomas is the one we call Doubting Thomas. And I'm not sure that's always such a wonderful name for him. But Thomas actually has an interesting situation with Jesus. He was invited to touch Jesus' hand publicly. How would you feel if Jesus showed up and said, Go ahead and put your finger in the nail prints in my hand. Go ahead and shove your hand in my side and find out if it's real. Find out if I gave my life for you. Find out if I died for you. Find out if I shed my blood for you. Find out if I laid my life down for you and picked it back up for you. Go ahead, Thomas. Now, John chapter 20, 24 to 27 gives us that story. Read with me in verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin, or if you have an old version, 
Thomas called Didymus. One of the twelve was not with him when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Thomas has got to be a Baptist, amen? Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, listen to me now, verse 26, after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Put it right here, Thomas. Look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. In other words, Thomas, you don't have any reason to doubt. Thomas, you can share to this dying world that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you need a touch from God this morning? Then I want to challenge you to start bringing Jesus outside of these walls into where you work, into where you go to school, into this dying world, and watch God stick His hands all over everything you do. It's time to get a touch from God that I'm challenging you to live your Christianity out publicly. Speak it out when the world says, be quiet. Speak it out when the world says, don't listen. Speak it out when the world says, aren't you ashamed? Shouldn't you be embarrassed? Those two guys didn't, and they got a touch from the Master's hand. And you prayed them this morning to touch from the Master's hand. You say, I need you to touch me. Then Jesus said, cry out. No matter what anybody's going through. Cry out. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. right there. Many of us probably don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, what a marvelous miracle has happened here. This man was born without no accident, no occupational problems that caused him to go blind. He was born blind. He was born without the organs of speech. When we watch these shows, we often see these guys closing their eyes and squinting like it makes them look blind. I need you to understand his eyes no longer had straight. His eyes never had straight. Those were sunk in. Those were hollow. And you could tell those eyes had just withered away. They had never, ever, ever worked. And they would never, ever, ever work without a touch from the master's hand. Let's take a look at the third feeding this morning. John chapter 9, verse 27. Now Jesus passed by and saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which translated sent. So he went and washed, and he came back to see. Our third look at healing is, wait a minute, what's going on here, Pastor? Spit and dirt? That sounds yucky, doesn't it? Let's hear somebody say amen in a Baptist church. This is the year 2021. We don't want any saliva on us. In fact, 
We're so germophobic nowadays. We've created ourselves, we've painted ourselves into a corner, haven't we? We're trying to figure out how to get out of the room without hand sanitizer and gloves. What's going on here? Here's Jesus creating mud from the dirt on the ground and it's filthy. If you look at the last two Peters, we saw one by faith. In other words, you've heard me say, your sight was given back to you. You were made well. We saw one by touch that Jesus put his fingers under us. You might be sitting in the pew this morning saying, neither one of those describe me, Pastor. Something's wrong. older I 
get unless my eyes like contact. So you might have to get used to me in the glasses. And you know that sometimes. This man had no eyes. And let me tell you, I am thanking Jesus every day that I can see. Perhaps, though, you're sitting in the pew and you say, I can't see at all. You need new eyes. Perhaps you're sitting in the pew this morning and say, I'm a Christian pastor, but I need something else in my This man had God's word. This man had faith. But something was missing in his life. And when Jesus came by, he didn't cry out for Jesus. Did you see the story there? He didn't cry out for Jesus and his disciples. Stop. And in fact, the disciples asked a very disturbing and alarming question. They asked, did this man sin or did his mom and dad sin that God punished them? Jesus says what? He says, neither. This man has this problem that God's work may be glorified. And perhaps you're sitting there this morning as a Christian, and you're sitting there saying, I need that touch. I need that voice. And you get them, and you hear them, but you feel like there's something else. And I want you to know that perhaps what you're going through right now may be glorified by the Father. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever step back with that say, whatever's happening in my life, whatever's happening in my heart, I want to give it to you, Jesus. I'm available to you. Did you see that blind man? He didn't object to what Jesus was doing. He didn't stop Jesus. He didn't question Jesus. He didn't say, where you been all my life? No, he let Jesus Christ do the work of his Father. And that's what you need to do this morning. You might have been sitting there saying, I need you to do something special. But God has got all saying, Pastor, I can't see anything. I can't hear anything. And when I read the Bible, it's just, I don't understand it. You know why? You need new eyes. You're just as blind as that guy is. Except for you haven't been in church. You haven't been with God's people. You haven't heard God's Word. In fact, the only time you're ever going to hear God's Word is when you open your heart to Him. Perhaps you're not that Christian this morning. I want to challenge you that you need new eyes. In fact, I want to share with you the deeper context of that story of where Jesus spat on the ground and made mud and he anointed this man's eyes. You understand, the rest of the Jews got angry when Jesus did that. They got so angry, they ended up kicking that man out of the synagogue. And how do you know that's a prophetic picture of what happened when you put Jesus in your heart? My Jewish brothers will kick you out of the synagogue quick. It's still going on to this day. Let me tell you, Jesus is all you need. You don't need a synagogue. You need a relationship with God the Father through God the Son. Perhaps you're sitting there saying, I need some new eyes. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus spit in that ground. He made mud. There's only one who ever made something from the dust of the ground. You understand what's happening here? There's only one who ever created. There's only one who ever formed out of the dust of the ground. There's only one. And I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus picked up that mud and anointed his eyes. And the very act of anointing was showing the world that he is the one who spoke in the beginning and let there be light. And that world's light. He's the one that reached his hand down into the dust of the ground and found man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And it's the same Jesus that picked up. 
up that mud that day and put new eyes in that sightless man's face. Perhaps you're not a Christian this morning. You say, how can God do that for me? Well, you got to get a new heart. In fact, my Bible says you got to be born again. you got to be remade. You need a little bit more than dust and spit. You need the cross of Calvary. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3, look with me in verse 5 and 7. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, incidentally he's speaking to another Jew, unless one is born of water, and you can take that as a spit right now, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, must be born again. You need to be remade. You need to be renewed. You need to be made in His image with eyes that look, with a heart that loves, with the Holy Spirit inside of you that convicts, that reveals, that discerns, and that guides. How do you do that, you might say? I need to be born again. Would you be like those blind guys out in the street? Would you cry out, Oh, Son of David, have mercy on me. You can be my king. You can be my Lord. I just want to see you. I just want to hear you. I just want to be touched by you. Would you be willing to humble yourself and come down the aisle this morning and say, I need Jesus in my heart. I need Jesus in my life. Or perhaps you're one of those that says, Pastor, I just need to hear from God. And God spoke to me this morning. Would you come? Don't talk to me. Talk to God and say, Thank you for speaking to me. Or perhaps you're one of those that says, Pastor, I didn't need a word. I needed God to touch me. And he reached down and patted my shoulder this morning. Would you come and tell Jesus, thank you. Or perhaps you wanted me to be born again. Would you let Jesus remake you this morning? If he can make new eyes for a man who was born without them, he can make a new life for you who are dead in your sins. He can make a new life for you who need to be born again. for a place to do God's will. And God is calling you to Robert's Matthew. Isn't it? It's so simple. Perhaps God is calling you to come back and repent of your sins. Perhaps God is calling you to surrender to ministry, whatever it may be. Would you come and share that with us this morning? Would you cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. We're going to have a word of prayer. And if He has spoken to you this morning, would you come this morning? Would you give your heart to Him? Would you give your life to Him? Would you let Him touch you? Would you hear Him speak to you? And would you leave seeing His light? Let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name, and I want to thank You for Your Word. Your Word is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray right now, Father God, You would cut down into our hearts and into our lives. And if there be anyone that needs to come to know Your personal Lord and Savior, or anyone that needs to get their heart right with You, would You let today be that day as we give You the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you come as we sing? Just as I am, would you come this morning? Would you come? Let him touch you. Let him speak to you. Let him remake you. Whatever it is, come on.
worshiping with us here at Roxanne Free Baptist Church. Don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, we'll have evening worship service. Don't forget Wednesday night at 6.30. I know it seems so different. We don't have a lot of stuff in between other than Christmas to come, right? Before 4.30. So without any other meetings, it sounds so different or dinners on the ground or something. Like, what are we missing today? I do have a hand right here, though. Thank you. 